Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. And speaking of embracing life, it does not get much better than enjoying a great big delicious dose of food for both your body and your soul. Our guest today, Chef Christopher Styler, is joining us to share mouth-watering recipes that he specifically tailored to the taste of four women we all love and adore. His book is called The Golden Girls Cookbook, and I know you are going to wind up find out more about the tasty treats created in honor of Blanche, Rose, Dorothy, and Sophia. So hi there, Christopher. Good morning, Eileen. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I have to say, we had a chance to chat before we went on air, and I've been gushing ever since I got to talk to you. This is just the best idea. And But I do have to ask you, of course, you're a professional with 30 years' experience in the food industry as a chef, a teacher, a culinary producer, and an author of several cookbooks. But what drew you to create this wonderful homage to our beloved Golden Girls? You know, it's funny but in my head, I had always pictured this, and it was just something I toured around with the idea for a long time. And then I got a call from the folks at Disney who published this book and asked if I would be interested in doing it. And I have to tell you, it was just this lightning bolt where I couldn't believe I was getting a call to work on a book about my favorite show ever and my favorite women ever <laughs> well and i just think i mean obviously your your recipes are wonderful but the whole idea of the book is so creative and so much fun and of course each one of the women were distinctive their geographical roots and their personalities so you must have had a whole lot of fun creating all the recipes for each of the women it was it was so much fun and some of the inspiration came from the show itself. Of course, Sophia, you hardly ever saw her not stirring a pot and taking something out of the oven. So I, I took those, the ideas for Sophia's chapter directly, most of them, uh, right from the show. And same with Rose. She's cooking often on the show, and she's also harking back to her days in St. Olaf and some of the food she had there. Now, I have to say, not all of that, not all of those recipe ideas are things that you would want to eat, but but a lot of them were. And those formed, I, I mean, uh, maple syrup, honey, brown sugar, molasses, rice, crispy log may not, you know, uh, be, be right up your alley, but... Uh, she does talk about those kind of, especially at this time of year, the things that have a lot of appeal, uh, you know, hearty entrees and down-home desserts. So those are all in there. Well, and I do have uh, to say you have a chapter focused at each of the women, and like you said, you had the, the recipes aimed at each of their tastes. But at the beginning of the book, it's super well organized because you, then you list them under main dishes and various things. So if you're looking up for something special, you can, you can go to the first part of the book, but reading through the chapters is so much fun. And I thought maybe we'd start in order. So Dorothy, of course, as you wrote, is known for being no-nonsense, well-informed, and on the progressive side. So tell us a little bit about some recipes that Dorothy might want to create. 
I, I thought that Dorothy in the kitchen would be very organized. I, th- I picture her, she's cooking dinner, she has all her ingredients lined up, and she's ready to go. Uh, she's not going to be fishing around in the refrigerator at the last minute for something. I also think of her as somebody with an interest, because she's well-read and on top of things, I picture her with an interest in healthier uh kinds of dishes, salads, uh, and something like a granola, but I imagine Dorothy would make what I'm calling an almost unsweetened granola, which is exactly that very little sweetener and just this great mix of shaved coconut and pumpkin seeds and oats and dried fruit, uh, something that she can make once and keep on the shelf for a couple of weeks. That is where I pictured Dorothy going in the kitchen, just organize, helpful, and do ahead. Well, and then next comes, of course, Rose. We've already mentioned a little bit about her roots from St. Olaf, and, of course, you had to have Swedish meatballs in there. But one of my favorite, the names for roses are my favorite. But to see if I can pronounce this correctly, Kerflugenlugen. <laughs> Candy parrot <laughs> and Minnesota antifreeze. I loved it. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, she's always talking about she's always talking about coming from the Midwest and the freezing cold winters. So I pictured her with a cup of Minnesota antifreeze, which is a super delicious hot chocolate, perfect for this time of year. And it's just something that I can totally see her with the mini marshmallows curled up in one of her duck sweaters on a very cozy couch, sipping on a little hot chocolate. <laughs> well, and then Blanche, of course, we know Blanche. Uh, a lot of her recipes uh, focus on southern recipes. You've got cheesy grits casserole, fried chicken, but mint julep ice cream because, of course, Blanche is always entertaining gentlemen callers, and she has to give them something <laughs> sweet, right? <laughs> that, that's Right, and, you know, something like a mint julep ice cream that's already set and in the uh, freezer just waiting is perfect, a perfect close to one of Blanche's dates. Yeah. (laughs) And then last but certainly not least with Sophia, and you'd mentioned her too, and, of course, her Sicilian roots. I mean, every single recipe in her chapter, who doesn't love Italian and Sicilian food? So that must have been fun to create too. That was a lot of fun, and uh, I, I imagined in this chapter when I started, uh, of course, Sophia's Italian heritage, but the, she also mentions other sources where she gets her recipes. For example, when uh, Sophia's husband, Sal, and Max Weinstock opened their Canisian pizza stand on the boardwalk in Coney Island, I just had to put a Canisian recipe in there because it's so much a part of her Brooklyn roots. Uh, that I wanted to bring some of that into the book, too. And I have to say, the Kanish recipes was one of my favorite recipes to work on because I wanted people to make it, and I found, and I'm sure most people have never made a Kanish. I hadn't, and I just wanted to do a recipe that was really simple for people to follow and to reward them for the little bit of work that goes into this, just produce a really great knish, and I, I think I got there. 
Oh, gosh. Well, Christopher, I mean, really, uh, you just went so far to create such a fun, wonderful, and practical book, too, because these recipes really are great. But I also wanted to mention, in interspersed with the recipes, again, you have some background information about each of the ladies. You have little quips. You have little – the names from various episodes and the shows are created with the recipes, too, and the photographs are amazing. Oh, thank you. We were so lucky to be able to work with Andrew Scrivani, who is just an amazing food photographer, as as you mentioned, and has done a ton of cookbooks and is also one of the go-to photographers for the New York Times. Uh, so he really knows his stuff. And uh, photos are so important to cookbooks now, and I was just thrilled to be able to work with him. Well, yeah, because the photos of the photographs of the food really are, I mean, it does, when I said mouth-watering, I'm not kidding. I was, as I was looking through the book, my mouth was deaf and saliva was running down my chin. I mean, great recipes, <laughs> but also the, one, the photographs of the women, too, and various, did you, I, we only have like a minute left. I know you have to do lots and lots of interviews today, but I could chat with you forever, Christopher. I just, I, I do you have any final thoughts you'd like to leave with? our audience uh, about the wisdom, the recipes, or whatever about our beloved Blanche Rose, Dorothy, and Sophia? I think especially to this time of year when, although it may be a limited uh, version of the holidays this year, but when we're getting together, it's just so nice to think about this family uh, that these women created uh, for themselves, you know, the love and support that they had, the uh, fights and then the making up <laughs> after the fights, and just this real sense of love and togetherness and support they had for each other is really the spirit of the season. And let's all keep that in mind in this kind of difficult and uh, unusual year. Well, Christopher, thank you. This really is the spirit of the season. Thank you for bringing this book to life because this is a special, special treat for anybody. And also I want everybody to know that you can't think of a better gift for anyone, any of your friends, any other your boomer women or even women of any generation because we all love the Golden Girls and they are going to love this book. So thanks again, Christopher. And thank you for your kind words. It was for true fans like you that I created the book. Have a very happy day. Well, you hit the nail on the head. And I do urge all of you listeners out there to check out the wonderfully fun but also really useful guide for creating great feasts in your own kitchen, a la the Golden Girls. The Golden Girls cookbook, in fact, is guaranteed to feed both your body and your soul, like I mentioned at the start. So until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, saying I'll catch you later. Bye-bye.